drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is good to be with you today. Even if the world has gone literally mad, seems like a recurring theme, doesn't it? I know. There's violence all across this country that's just mind-boggling. It's just getting worse. The defunding the police thing has just accentuated so many existing issues that have to be worked out. I mean, did you see the video of the the gunfire exchange in New York on Memorial Day? I mean, it is literally insane. And that was just one of many instances across our country, as a matter of fact. Uh, there was a cyber attack against one of the major meat packers. Uh, Brazilian owned. We, remember we had the rancher on to talk about that, that story? Well, they just got hit with a cyber attack. 20% of the beef market is now uh, severely impacted in an era where inflation is already going off on beef prices. So you go to the grocery store, you're going to be paying a lot more supply and demand. That's how that works. 13 different children's episodes are being used to influence children towards uh, the LGBTQ uh, agenda. Literally insane. I mean, literally insane. These are some of the stories we're going to be covering today in this hour of Catholic Drive Time. In addition to that, we're going to have Bishop Joseph Strickland on our program. He is the bishop in Tyler, Texas, to talk about the Synod of Synods that the Pope has announced. What does this mean, especially in a time when Cardinal Gerhard Mueller is begging His Holiness Pope Francis to do something about the Synod going on in Germany? So is this two-year synod something we need to be concerned about? We're going to have that conversation. In addition to, are the bishops, in fact, going to discuss or even uh, censure those Catholic politicians who who uh, subsist in their anti-Catholic uh, sentiments towards abortion? Will they receive communion still after this meeting coming up? We're going to have those conversations with Bishop Strickland as well. All of that coming up in this hour, so it's going to be jam-packed. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. And then, of course, in the next hour, if you are at all able to join us, we it's a little lighter, it's a little more fun in the second hour. And, of course, we have our fear and trembling game show, which is a lot of fun. You don't even need to know answers to, to technically win. And ProudCatholicCompany.com is our sponsor this week. ProudCatholicCompany.com has uh, generously given us a prize to give away, and we will do that on the show this week. So all of that coming up today on Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Are any positives in the news today? Oh, yes, there's definitely positive. It's a little hard to find this morning, but they're there. Why do I only find the negatives? <laughs> I don't know. what my, Maybe I have a filter on that says only, uh, only heart-wrenching stories. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it can be depressing sometimes. Yes, yes, definitely. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Uh, are you saying that I'm, I'm depressing? Who? No. Was that no. Did I? No, I didn't. Wow. Was wow. that the out loud voice? Oh, I need gosh. to. I, I got a note here. It's okay. Uh, out loud versus. It's okay. You know. Inner I understand. Voice. I understand. Mm-hmm. I deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's God. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the sufferings you give me. Speaking of deserving, did you get any feedback from the expose, the undercover whistleblower video we released on you yesterday? Uh, yes. So Joe posted a video that he uh, <laughs> made of me 
asking me a couple of hard hitting questions, the hardest hitting, hard hitting, hardest hitting questions imaginable. I mean, and uh, the best comment that I got was uh, David O'Gray um, <laughs> commented, uh, I did not realize, I thought you were much older. And then my friend Josh replied, uh, yeah, well, yeah, but he's 50 inside. So, you know, loving it, loving it. Yeah, it was hard hitting. I think Project Veritas wants to pick it up. They, I think they want to distribute it as well. So uh, if you really want to know the real Adrian Fonseca, well, you got to watch that video. It's posted on the GRN YouTube page, which we are live streaming to right now. Or, uh, yeah, we are live streaming there right now. Plus, we're it's on Facebook as well, so you can check it out there too. It's a lot of fun. Get to know Adrian Fonseca. We'll be producing more of those types of videos about the team in the coming days. All right. So praise be to God. Uh, Patty says she likes me the red shirt. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate that. Of course, our friend of the show, Jesus Robles, says Buenos dias, compadres. Uh, thank you, Jesus. We're glad to see you, my friend. Praise be to God. Uh, of course, good to see you, Bruce Toman. So if you can hang out with us on live video, we, we love to interact with you. That's something we do in the second half of the second hour of the show, Monday through Friday. We call it the after show where we conversate with you, our audience, and you can be the driver of that conversation, whatever's on your heart and mind, just join us on one of those live video feeds, which you can do right on our webpage, by the way, at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, we're going to jump into it. We're going to pray for your intentions. And because it's June and the month of the Sacred Heart, I'm going to uh, say a prayer to the Sacred Heart for your intentions. Sound like a fair deal? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, our friends, and our benefactors, help the dying. Free the souls from purgatory and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Taking a look at the headlines today, at Tulsa event, Biden announces Harris will lead a push for voting protections in response to states' recent ballot restrictions. In other news, U.S. Embassy at the Vatican displays homosexual pride flag. From the pillar... Pope Francis makes big changes to canon law. Pope Francis on Tuesday promulgated the apostolic constitution Pashite Gregum Dei, replacing Book 6 of the Code of Canon Law, which codifies the penal law of the Latin Catholic Church. The revised text contains a number of important changes to the way in which penalties are applied in the Church, and the crimes which must be punished. It also includes the systematic incorporation of numerous laws promulgated in the Church in recent years, but not directly added to the Code of Canon Law. The project to reform Book 6 began, as Francis noted, under Benedict XVI in 2007, and was part of a long series of legal projects aimed at bringing the Church's penal code up to date, after a series of scandals that included the spotlight of scandals in the early 2000s. The new text also makes it easier for bishops to actually apply canon law by providing lists of graduated and escalating penalties, including even monetary penalties and urging Episcopal conferences to help adapt those penalties even more to local situations. Those resources are designed to ensure that no diocesan bishop feels out of its depth when faced with the prospect of punishing a wayward cleric. 
the Pope's re-emphasis of penal law as a duty and service to the people of God will likely be taken by many canonists as grounds for a renewed adherence to proper procedure and a by-the-book approach to every case. From the Hill, Washington Post issues correction on 2020 report on Tom Cotton, lab leak theory. The Washington Post has issued a correction in its 2020 report on Senator Tom Cotton and the lab leak theory he had discussed in the media. The newspaper revisit, revised a February 2020 story with the original headline, Tom Cotton keeps repeating a coronavirus conspiracy theory that was already debunked, as top public health experts have begun taking a more serious look at the origins of the coronavirus. Earlier versions of this story and its headline inaccurately characterized comments by Senator Tom Cotton regarding the origins of the coronavirus. The term debunked and the Post's use of conspiracy theory have been removed because, then as now, there was no determination about the origins of the virus, reads the Post's correction. The new headline of the story reads, Tom Cotton keeps repeating a cor coronavirus French theory that scientists have disputed. Facebook announced on Wednesday that it had lifted its ban on content that speculated on the origin of the COVID-19 virus. The Epic Times shares that Israel sees probable link between Pfizer vaccine and rare myocarditis cases. Israel's health ministry said on Tuesday that it had found a small number of heart inflammation cases observed mainly in young men who had received Pfizer's COVID vaccine in Israel were likely linked to their vaccination. Pfizer has said it has not observed a higher rate of the condition known as myocarditis than would normally be expected in the general population. In Israel, 275 cases of myocarditis were reported between December 2020 and May 2021. Among more than 5 million vaccinated people, the ministry said in disclosing the findings of a study it had commissioned to examine the matter. Most patients who experienced heart inflammation spent no more than four days in the hospital, and 95% of the cases were classified as mild, according to the study. The study found there is a probable link between receiving the second dose of Pfizer vaccine and the appearance of myocarditis among men aged 16 to 30. And those are your headline news for this Wednesday morning. The saint of the day is the Martyrs of Sandomirs. It was a group of 49 Dominicans. So that means we did, we're doing 49 Dominican saints today. Some of whom received the habit from Saint Dominic de Guzman himself, the founder of the Dominican order. They worked separately and together to bring the faith and establish the Dominican order in Poland, basing their operations in and around Sandomirs. The day before their death, they read their own names in the Dominican martyrology. One of the brothers in fear for his life hid in the rafters when the Tartars came to kill them. When the other brothers began to sing the Salve, he came down to join his brothers unto their heavenly reward. In 1260, they were all martyred by the Tartars as they were singing the Salve Regina at Compline. The custom of singing the Salve Regina at the deathbed of Dominicans stems from this incident. They died in 1260 at Sandomir's Poland and were beatified on the 18th of October, 1807 by Pope Pius VII. Martyrs of Sandomir's, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and put this question to him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. 
Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman and died, leaving no descendants. So the second brother married her and died, leaving no descendants, and the third likewise. And the seven left no descendants. Last of all, the woman also died. At the resurrection, when they arise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, Are you not misled because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like the angels in heaven. As for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God told him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not God of the dead, but of the living. You are greatly misled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Do you smell the trap again? I mean, just yesterday, uh, just a verse before this one, you had the Herodians and the Pharisees teaming up. These were enemies, political opposites to each other, teaming up, unified against the, against Jesus, their goal to remove the Messiah. And here you see in the very next verse in today's passage, the Sadducees, the third leg now coming against Jesus. Now, the Sadducees are interesting because the Sadducees reject like the resurrection, which made them not very favorable in, in the eyes of most Jews at the time. And they rejected like the, the prophets and, and the Psalms and all that. They only looked at the, uh, the, the first five books of Moses. That was really their, their canon. And Jesus, because he's God, he's the second person of the Trinity, he's no dummy, he knows what's coming, he knows what's on their mind, he can read their hearts, he knows their thoughts and their intentions, and so he smells this trap and he springs it on them. They try to say, well, look, look, if there's going to be a resurrection, well, then whose wife? I mean, clearly this resurrection thing is bogus, right? And he springs it on them. Uh, no, when we die... We do not die permanently. We live for eternity because God has created the soul to be in eternity. Now, we are resurrected to life or to death, to death in hell or life in heaven forever. But like the angels, we will not marry nor are given in marriage, but rather we will be married to the bridegroom himself. And he quotes from, uh, from the book of Moses to make this point basically silencing the Sadducees, catching them and embettering them at their own game. It's fascinating. I love Jesus in these passages. He's just so slick and so amazing. After this very short break, we're going to come back with some What's Concerning Us sections. All that coming up next. And Bishop Strickland. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It is so very good to be on with you. Again, I want to thank verboom.com forward slash GRN. Verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously underwriting our gospel reflection. Verboom is an incredible piece of software. I've been using it since, I don't know, 2009 or something. And uh, recent last past couple of months, I've been using it specifically for the gospel reflection uh, if we if we had an hour, I could not even plumb the depths of war, the riches of the tradition of the church, the early church fathers, incredible deep uh, commentary from the best, it, and it links it all together. I just, I love that. It makes it super easy. And uh, again, I'm just grateful to verboom.com uh, forward slash GRN for their generous support of Catholic Drive Time. And coming up in about, uh, I don't know, 17, 18 minutes or something like that from now, uh, we're going to have Bishop Joseph Strickland on the program. He is the Bishop of Tyler in Texas, and we're going to be talking about the Synod of Synods, which the Pope has announced, a two-year process. What does this really mean? Uh, especially from the lay folk perspective. Should we be concerned? I mean, we're seeing and hearing of news reports coming out of Germany of their synod, and it's kind of scary stuff. It's very schismatic in tone and flavor, and even uh, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller is begging His Holiness to do something about it, and yet we're seeing this on a grander scale now, and should should we be concerned? That's one conversation. The second conversation is over Catholic politicians who uh, hold a pro-abortion standpoint publicly. Uh, should they still receive communion? The bishops are conversating about this now, and uh, we're going to get his take about the upcoming meeting with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and whether or not this will be dealt with. That'll be coming up in that conversation in just about, I don't know, 17 minutes or so from now. There are several stories in the headlines that I'm very concerned about for sure. Uh, one is a story that we actually touched on a few weeks back when I invited a, uh, a rancher who has uh, been on YouTube now for a few years, sort of sounding the alarm of what is going on in the American cattle business and the the shenanigans of the meatpackers to cooperate with each other. There's actually a lawsuit in, in uh, it going on now uh, towards this effort because they are trying to, uh, you know, control supply, allegedly uh, control supply and uh, demand and increase profits. Well, now one of those major meat packers, the one that has foreign interest owned, uh, had a cyber attack over the weekend and 20% of the U.S. cattle beef uh, capacity has been wiped out, according to a Breitbart article. And this should remind us of the colonial pipeline. They had a cyber attack ransomware. Well, they're seeing the same thing. And uh, so this is very concerning because as you go into that grocery store, you are already facing massive inflation prices. 
And then you had the uh, the case where that rancher was talking about. They were already coordinating efforts to reduce production in order to increase profits. And now this. So what does that mean for your dinner table? I think that's a, a legitimate question. And uh, we should all be very concerned about that. So that's one story out there. Um, there was an increased violence over the weekend. I, I talked about this at the top of the hour. There's a story out of theblaze.com with video of a shootout in front of a convenience store in one of the boroughs of New York City. I mean, a blatant, okay, corral-style shootout. I mean, on middle of the day. And this is just one of many occurrences to this effect. Um, the George Floyd Square in, Min- in Minneapolis had one of these last week, I think it was. So we're seeing this on the rise all across our country, too. Very, very concerning. And then, of course, we reported last week about the private schools in New York Uh, teaching children um, inappropriate things sexually, and the parents are being outraged. Well, now this week, there's another story that's breaking. Here's a LifeSite article. It's uh, from um, uh, Calvin Freiberger over at LifeSite News. says, Nickelodeon took another major step toward the sexualization of children and their recruitment into cultural activism recently with a segment of the long-running preschool-aimed Blues Clues that featured a song about an LGBTQ pride parade and all the variety such events entail sung by a drag queen. The show's latest iteration, Blue's Clues and You, continues the original format of a cartoon dog named Blue being guided by the audience to various clues, thereby helping the small children learn how to identify and put together shapes, objects, etc. It is a, a, a TVG-rated show in the United States, meaning it's suitable for all ages, and more than a third of its viewers are below the age of five. It goes on to say, yet despite or perhaps because of the youth and innocence of its target audience, Blue's Clues and You recently featured an animated pride parade narrated via a song by a drag queen named Nina West. The song runs through various non-traditional family structures adorned with numerous variants of the rainbow LGBTQ plus pride flags and all the re- all with a refrain of they love each other so proudly or similar phrase. Now, here's the kicker, though. There's another story similarly related out uh, by Breitbart, and it details 13 television shows with characters who are pushing this same agenda and have been for many years. This should be very, I mean, Blue's Clues. It's a pop, I mean, I, I threw the cable television out of my house many, many years ago now. However, when we had it, Blue's Clues was a, a show we would watch. I mean, my nephews and my, my nephew and my niece, when they were tiny, I would watch Blue's Clues with them. It's a classic. Yeah, I used to watch it growing up. And I remember being devastated whenever Steve left uh, Blue's Clues. That's how that's how yes, much I watched it when exactly, I was younger. Exactly, it's scandalous. It's, it's disgusting. And that now, now look what's happening. So here's th- I'm going I'm to read to you uh, some of these. This is out of Breitbart here, and here's just a little bit of the story. But I'll, I'm going to name these shows for you. It says Hollywood has pushed a, con- a concerted industry-wide effort for years to place. LGBTQ-related entertainment into programs aimed at young audiences, oftentimes in cooperation with gay rights groups, GLAAD. GLAAD has spent years lobbying Hollywood studios to increase the representation of LGBTQ characters in various programming. 
The major TV networks, including Nickelodeon, PBS, Cartoon Network, and others, have joined that effort. Nearly Now, nearly every TV series, animated or live action, has added gay characters. Here are 13 TV shows and characters aimed at young audiences pushing the LGBTQ agenda. And I wonder, now, like I said, we kicked out the television many years ago, so my children do not have the experience of watching cable te- television. Not that we aren't entertained. We do have entertainment. Trust me, we do. But we don't watch cable television. We don't watch unfiltered. Uh, you know, uh, We don't, we don't uh, just allow unregulated content to come into the house. So I'm curious, as I read these, how many of you are allowing your kids to watch this unknowing of what might be going on? Because that's a possibility, a real one. Here's one. She-Ra and the Princess of Power. It's a DreamWorks animation. Have, Adrian, is that one of your favorites? Which one? She-Ra. Never even She-Ra. heard of it. Janelle, do, are you a She-Ra fan? She-Ra? Is that like a different, I don't know. You is don't it know like He-Man It's a Netflix, apparently. Oh, it's on oh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. Is it like that's the girl right. version He-Man. of He-Man? Yeah. I forgot no, about He-Man. I canceled Netflix as well, so don't have that. I, watched I never really watched it. Okay, I, here's one I'm sure both of you have loved quite a bit in your life, and that is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> no, I hate it. Clearly, you're a big SpongeBob. But my brother loved SpongeBob growing up, so See, I saw him nearly yeah. every episode of SpongeBob until I was until mm. my brother was probably like in mm. high school. I, I watched it with my family, and then I remember one episode. SpongeBob said Patrick was stupid, and my mom was like, "Oh no, no more SpongeBob! <laughs> no more SpongeBob! SpongeBob is evil!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Moms are good like that. They didn't stop me from watching it. <laughs> moms aren't having that kind of language in the house. That's great stuff, right there. Yes. All right. So, okay. So you're you're saying you're not the biggest SpongeBob fan, but they're on the list here of the thirteen. Here, how about That's this surprising. one? I have no doubt this one is definitely on your list. Scooby Doo. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Who did not watch Scooby Doo? Yeah. I didn't. Robo, what? Raggy? What? That's crazy. I thought yes. it was weird. I was like, oh, not interested. I, I, I grew up on Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Uh, the I original, everything. I mean, the original, the yeah. new one, mm-hmm. the movies, mm-hmm. the live action, everything, everything. I Here, love Scooby Doo. Here's another one that surprises me: Ducktales. But oh, of course, oh, it's wow. owned by Disney, so it du- shouldn't surprise it. me. But Ducktales was, I mean, that was a great DuckTales show. Was a great, you know, for kids. Yeah. Okay. How about this one? Definitely this one's on your list, Janelle. My Little Pony. No. Yes, of course <laughs> you did. Why do you no. gotta lie? Course, yes. Absolutely. That's not surprising either. My Little Pony. My Little Pony just it just screams. Okay, here's one for that. here's one for Adrian. I know he was a big fan of this one, Arthur from PBS. I loved Arthur before the they Arth- changed it. <laughs> Arthur the Artvark. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Anteater. Mm-hmm. It's kinda weird. Right? And I thinking back on it, it's super weird. But yeah, yeah they're turning all these children's shows and to promoting sodomy. Uh, which is a sin that cries to heaven for vengeance. So here's one I don't. I don't. I don't know this one. I have never. I don't have Cartoon Network, of course. So I don't, Adventure Time. No idea. Oh, that's super weird. Uh, that's one of those uh, Adventure Time came out when I was, I think, in high school. Mm-hmm. Super weird. I don't. I never watched it because the whole the whole the show just seems. Very, uh, it's like fantasy distorting reality. Like, it's not really like fantasy. It's more like psychedelic kind of. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, on, yeah. it's on your favorites list then, Janelle. I've never watched it. No. It seems like you know a lot about it. I, I know about it because of other people. Okay. Um, and, how, how about yes. this one? This is a live action one. Andy Mack. Disney no. Channel. No. What, I don't know no. what that is. I've never heard of it. How about this one? The Loud House, Nickelodeon. Ooh, okay. I'm oh, familiar yeah. with it. I never really watched it, but I have siblings that have, and they that's, liked it, and great... I watched the show with them, and I was like, this is trash. My <laughs> sister was watching it, and she liked it until one of the characters came out as gay, and my sister was like, what the heck? How did this happen? 
and uh, she stopped watching it because she was like, this offends God. Clarence car- from Cartoon Network. Clarence, anyone? Anyone? No, Clarence. I've heard of it. No How about the... Oh, it was the, it was the um, Chubby Kid. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never really watched it. How now. about Steven Universe? Oh, that show's Heard also super yeah. psychedelic, weird. The author weird. made some very, I don't know why they hire, Cartoon Network hires these very um, adult authors that don't yeah. draw very kid-appropriate aged um, art. <laughs> of course, we mentioned Blue's Clues already uh, from Nickelodeon. Uh, very tragic uh, to see Blue's Clues get hijacked that way. How about Star versus the Forces of Evil from Disney XD? I've heard of it. No idea. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, me neither. I haven't. I so that, that is like a... That's all of them? I think it's like oh, an alien from sure outer space falls in love with a human boy on Earth or something. Something weird, something yeah. Something like that. But I think this, it goes to show uh, that the war for the, the soul of our country is going to be fought over the young. Oh, definitely. This is something Planned Parenthood has been going after for many years themselves, getting into elementary schools to do sex education and do uh, Having drag to plant queens the seeds libraries. in the hearts of these young people. Yeah, drag queen story hours. Yes. I mean, this is, this is the deal. This is why parents, uh, we're seeing video of parents going to school board meetings all over across the country now, and they're like, enough is enough, and they draw the line in the sand, and they say this far and no further. We are done with the shenanigans, and if you don't, well, then you're going to get what you get. And in your school and in your home, these things are going to be constant sources of attack. And uh, here's the bottom line. We have a soul, as the gospel made, uh, made a point to today to, to bring out, that we will live after death, either to life in heaven or to death in hell for eternity with our bodies. We won't be dis- disembodied spirits. We won't, unlike the angels who never have bodies, we will have bodies and we will either enjoy the bliss of eternity or we will enjoy the pain of eternity. And it's one or the other. Mortal sins send people to hell. So this is an issue where we have to call it out we have to out of charity for those that are struggling with this call and work with them to help them overcome these these uh, grave difficulties in their life to choose the right and the good and the true over that disordered passion so let's pray for our friends and our family and our neighbors who struggle with this that they too may be safe this is dale alquist with a chesterton minute How many times have you heard someone say that they don't like the Catholic Church because it's so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, You cannot live without dogmas. You cannot act for 24 hours without making a decision based on some deeply held belief that you cannot prove. Man can be defined as an animal that makes dogmas. Trees have no dogmas. Turnips are singularly broad-minded. In truth, there are only two kinds of people, those who accept dogmas and know it, and those who accept dogmas and don't know it. So when someone objects to the Catholic Church for being too dogmatic, it only means that they are dogmatic against it, even though they have no idea what their own dogmas are. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Amazon backs marijuana legalization, drops weed testing for some jobs. In other news, conservative amendment restoring safeguards to Canada's internet regulation bill was voted down. From the Epic Times, Texas Governor Abbott declares disaster at southern border in response to humanitarian crisis. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has issued a a disaster declaration at the state's southern border to augment additional resources to efforts addressing the humanitarian crisis at the border. The declaration targets resources in areas that could protect landowners who are dealing with property damage due to trespassers on their land. Abbott has also directed the Texas Department of Public Safety to ramp up its efforts in enforcing federal and state laws relating to offenses such as criminal trespassing, smuggling, and human trafficking. The Texas Health and Human Services Commission has also been directed to stop issuing state licenses to child care facilities under a contract with the federal government that shelters or detains unlawful immigrants. Abbott is also directing the Texas Commission on Jail Standards and the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement to provide guidance and request any necessary waivers that would give counties the flexibility to establish adequate alternative detention facilities or add or expand the capacity of current facilities. From LifeSite News, Physicians and scientists believe doctors' group deserves Nobel Prize for finding most powerful COVID-19 killer known to science. The miraculous drug ivermectin has proved to be incredibly effective at both preventing and treating COVID-19, yet it has been subject to widespread suppression and misinformation from global health bodies in an apparent attempt to promote financial revenue over saving the lives of millions. In a recent article, New York Times best-selling author and journalist Michael Capuso detailed the manner in which ivermectin came to be used to treat COVID-19 and simultaneously subjected to global censorship despite its incredibly high success rate at treating the virus. The May 2021 issue of Mountain Home contains Capuso's detailed report following the actions of Doctors on the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, or the FLCCC. Ivermectin is what the world desperately needs now, according to Dr. Pierre Corey, one of the founding members of the FLCCC. But although the desperate need is present, governing health bodies apparently seem intent on ensuring that the drug is not known. The FLCCC's Math Plus Protocol treatment was hailed as eminently successful by medics around the world, who wrote to thank the FLCCC doctors who were fast becoming heroes of the pandemic. In order to spread the good news of the medical success, Emmy Award-winning publicist Joyce Kamen and former CBS News correspondent Betsy Ashton devoted themselves to contacting TV news anchors, scientists, and public health experts, every governor and members of, member of Congress, President Trump, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and when the time came, President-elect Biden, all ignored the successful treatment. From Vatican News, Scores of children kidnapped at Islam from Islamic school in Nigeria. 
An unarmed, an armed group abducted scores of students from an Islamic school in the north central Nigerian state of Niger in, on Sunday, according to authorities. Reports say that about 200 children were seized during the attack, even though an official number has not been given. The gunmen reportedly attacked the town of Tangiana in the Rafi local government area of the state, riding on motorcycles and shouting indiscriminately. Then they ab abducted the students from the Sahiliu Tanku Islamic School. One person was reportedly killed during the raid, and a second person was seriously injured. Let us pray for the safety and the rescue of the children, as well as the conversion of their captors. Those are your morning news. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Real quick, be sure to be on our email list. I'm going to send an email out tomorrow afternoon with that unique and special content that we deliver every single week to those super fans of Catholic Drive Time on the email list. You can do that by texting the letters GRN to the number 42828. Just text GRN to 42828 and you'll get signed up to our email list and uh, be sure to get that unique content. You're going to get a, a talk by Father Bill Casey right away in your email inbox, and it's a powerful talk, 30 minutes, really powerful on the state of the church and where we're headed and what we can do as lay faithful to live good and holy lives. And uh, so do that today. Text GRN to 42828. Joining us by phone right now is His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland of the Diocese of Tyler in Texas. Good morning to you, Bishop Strickland. Good morning. Praise be to God. Thank you for your time today and being on with us. We're very grateful to you. Um, we want to talk uh, about a couple of big stories that are in the news. One is the uh, the big synodal, uh, synod of synod, so to speak, as I think it's being dubbed. Uh, His Holiness Pope Francis has announced it's like a two-year program uh, for uh, this event that starts at almost every level of the church and culminates in a big synod of bishops in Rome. Can you tell us about this? What What is it exactly His Holiness is, has announced, and what does it all mean? Well, uh, Joe, I think you've already pretty much described what I am aware of. I haven't seen a lot of detail yet, but it does involve a series of local synods then expanding you know through various regions all the way to uh, a synod uh, in Rome so it this um, synodal path as as people have called it certainly is something that Pope Francis is promoting it's not something really new in the church but uh, this is a, a new way to uh, implement it much more extensively so I haven't really seen any documentation as far as what the Synod will will be focusing on specifically, but I have read, as you mentioned, the the basically diocesan synods and then going to, to various regional levels until it gets to the universal church level. Synods have been around a very long time in the Catholic Church and in our tradition, but as a bishop... Your Excellency, are you at all concerned about the the overuse of synods in our time? Well, I have to say that it it is um, concerning to some extent. Um, I'm not sure what the the motivations are, and honestly, I uh, just my own opinion. I don't see the synods as the really the answer um, to a lot of the issues that we face as. You're probably aware I 
continue to focus on the truth that we need to proclaim that um, really is, is unchanging, the basic truth that God has revealed to us. And synods certainly can help us um, on the organizational human level, but I really think the connection, honestly, to the divine, to the truth that God has revealed to us is what's um, undermined at times and lacking in various ways in society, certainly not just in the church, but the church, rather than than being a leader for revealed truth, for the doctrines and the dogmas that guide us, um, the conversation that a, a synod involves just doesn't, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not at the level of making those decisions, but I don't believe that really will bring the answers that we need and the clarity that we need. Um, more conversation is fine, but real focus on the truth that God has revealed to us, I believe, is, is what's more critical. Bishop Joseph Strickland's our guest. He is the bishop in uh, Tyler, Texas. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the synodal way that has become very common in our church these days. In fact, I would say, uh, Your Excellency, uh, one concern that a lot of uh, lay folks have is overlooking at this synod that's going on in Germany right now, and and uh, it seems very concerning. I mean, there's even talk of it being on the verge of being in schism. Uh, just recently, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller has sounded the alarm, asked His Holiness Pope Francis to intervene and to do something to correct the bishops, and there seems to be uh, uh, silence on that issue. Uh, is that at all concerning for you? Yes, frankly, Joe, I'm, I'm very concerned about what's going on in Germany because once again, it seems to be even an effort to, or at least the, the not focusing on basic truth revealed to us through scripture and tradition. I mean, that's what our Catholic faith is based on. And already um, numbers of German bishops and priests have really ignored some of the, the teachings of the church. I mean, that I understand, I think it was May 10th, they had this big day of um, blessing same-sex unions, which basically is an action contrary to the most recent document from the CDF that says we can't bless sin. So ignoring revealed truth is not, in having a conversation about that, which is basically what a synod is and, and what seems to be going on in Germany, um, that I don't see has any positive outcome. If you're not calling people to the truth, we can talk about it till the cows come home, as we would say in East Texas, and <laughs> you're not going to really make any progress for humanity. And it it almost seems, uh, you know, I've, I'm not any expert in what's going on in Germany, but it almost, I get the impression from the limited reading of it that I've done, that it's really sort of having a conversation of, really saying, well, I don't really embrace that truth. How about you? Yeah, I don't either. And it's almost like getting together and saying, well, we're going to change. Hold that thought, believe. Your Excellency. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we are up against a hard break. we got to take a pause. We're going to be right back with Bishop Joseph Strickland. We're going to have another conversation about the Holy Eucharist on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. 
When you hear the word humility, what do you think of? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Humility may mean deflecting praise or pretending something you've done is not as good as it is. For St. Benedict, real humility is an important virtue. He considers it to be the truth. Humility is an accurate appraisal of ourselves before God, before others, and before ourselves. We all have weaknesses. We need to know what they are and watch out for them. But they make us no less valuable in God's sight. We all have strengths, and we sometimes have a hard time admitting that. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. Admitting our talents and humility and developing them gives thanks to the God who gave them to us to be used for His glory and our neighbor's good. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Bishop Joseph Strickland is our guest. He is the bishop in Tyler in Texas. And we're having a conversation uh, before the break on the, the Sinal Way, especially the very concerning stories coming out of Germany. It's very contradictory to church teaching and tradition, and uh, it is uh, very concerning for most of us Catholics. Uh, you, welcome back to the program, Your Excellency. We're, again, grateful to have you on. I kind of wanted to ask a really quick follow-up question before moving on to the next subject, and that was... Um, to some degree, do bishops, this is a little insider baseball that you might be able to offer us, when bishops go to these conferences or USCCB or conferences or synods or whatever they may, that might be, is there a certain amount of like, okay, let's, you know, conversate philosophically about these topics, but then you go back to your diocese and you do the thing that you feel called to do anyway, in spite of it all? I mean, how does that actually work? Well, that certainly is uh, one aspect of it, because I think with the the gatherings, whether it's a regional conference or a national conference or the synod, um, ultimately, theologically, the way the church is structured, like here in Tyler, I'm the pastor, the shepherd of 33 counties, everyone that lives in this territory of the 33 counties that make up the Diocese of Tyler, I have responsibility for, and uh, I make the decisions. And there, it, it's sort of a, a mixed message that we hear in the church in recent years. There's some aspects of more emphasis on each individual making, each individual bishop making his decisions for his diocese. Um, and then the, the synodal aspect is, is sort of all coming together to agree on things. Ultimately, theologically, the each bishop has a mandate to govern, teach, govern, and sanctify in the diocese where he is um, bishop. And so 
when when we speak of bishops as the successors of the apostles, the basic structure there is that I'm the successor of the apostles for the Diocese of Tyler at this point in history. And as you can imagine, you think about that a bit and, and pray. Uh, you, it, It's a huge responsibility to continue to guard the deposit of faith and to share the truth that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose to share with humanity. That is what each bishop is responsible for in his own diocese. And canonically, there's a lot of authority that a bishop has. I don't think many people realize just how much authority a bishop has. Um, But also, as with anything in the law of the church or just living as faithful Catholics, those authorities or rights, you might say, also have accompanying duties of the bishop to to govern according to the the truth that God has revealed to us. So um, having anyone come into the diocese and, and setting policies and all of that is, there's really no vote for it. There's no comment. Certainly, you, we have advisory bodies, presbyteral councils, and a, a, a diocesan council of, of various kinds in various areas, but... Ultimately, the decisions um, are made by the bishop. Hopefully, he's getting good advice and praying a lot um, and then praying some more and making the best decisions he can. But kind of as you allude to, uh, I believe a lot of the bishops uh, really listen, take into account whatever the discussion is on various topics, but as you said, pretty much go back to their diocese and do what they believe is is the right thing. And ultimately, that's what we have to do. We all have to be ready to answer to Christ and to God the Father and to do our best to to govern, teach, and sanctify according to the the tradition of the church. Uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland is our guest, the bishop in Tyler in Texas. There's two other topics I'd like to touch upon before we run out of time. we got about another six minutes or so with our con- in our conversation with Bishop Strickland. One is about these rumors that came out. This is one I want to hit on fairly quickly and then move on to the next one. But uh, this is a rumor that came out, I think, last week that there was going to be uh, a revision to the moto proprio that allows for priests all over the world to say the traditional form of the Mass, the extraordinary form of the Mass. And I know, uh, personally speaking, from my own family's experience uh, over the last few years in uh, growing to love the traditional form and then making it uh, the active part of our piety, uh, it's just been a major influx of people going that direction. And now hearing these rumors, uh, there's a lot of concern out there. Uh, have you heard such rumors? Do you have any insight on this? Or uh, more to the point, as a bishop, how do you feel about uh, if the motu proprio should be revised and those permissions removed? Well, I have heard the rumors. Uh, that's all I've heard. I haven't seen anything official. I don't know that there is anything official yet. But these rumors do, you know, like rumors, uh, there's a pretty good percentage of them that have some truth to them. <clears throat> Um, it's interesting how this connects to what we were just talking about. From what I have read and heard, uh, they 
the the possibility is of revising some more pontificum that motu proprio that was issued by Benedict XVI regarding the ordinary form and the extraordinary form, and really putting it more in the hands of the bishop once again, because the motu proprio really um, expands that more to uh, forget the exact language, but basically, if a a group of lay people petition to, or the, each individual priest has the right to celebrate the extraordinary form if they want to. That is, you know, not a precise canonical explanation of, of what Samorum Pontificum says, but that's basically the practice. I believe, at least what I've heard, is that it would be more up to the bishop and with his explicit permission for the priest or the lay faithful that are petitioning for the extraordinary form. So I'm um, comfortable with that because, as you said, I've seen a lot of people, we're working toward having the extraordinary form more available. I don't uh, believe that abandoning the ordinary form is the answer, but to have both, I, I think it was Pope Benedict's idea that the the older tradition speaks to the newer practice, and they both can inform each other. And I I believe that I've seen that in my own life, and I've seen that with a lot of families, younger families especially, but not exclusively younger families. There are people my age that have come to an appreciation of the extraordinary form or the Latin mass. So, in this diocese, I would certainly want to continue to promote that. Um, it would be I think extraordinary, and I, that isn't what I've heard at all, that um, there would be some restriction on what decision the bishop could make. And that would, as I said, that, that gets into very basic structure of the church. If there was something that said the bishops couldn't make those decisions, mm-hmm. but I believe it, it could be a, um, certainly for my diocese, if, if it does come that it has to be the bishop's permission. It's already there, and I'm already promoting it. I know some bishops disagree with that, and that would most likely, as a lot of these things tend to do, it, it tends to further the, the divisions and the separations that are there. But um, that, uh, to some extent, it's the reality. Uh, so in this diocese, I would still want to promote both the ordinary form and the extraordinary form. We have about uh, three minutes left in our conversation with Bishop Joseph Strickland from the Diocese and Tyler. The last uh, big topic that I wanted to get you to touch upon was this, uh, the story that's been playing out over the last several weeks in the headlines about bishops talking about whether or not they should continue to give communion to very public figures who are Catholic, uh, who hold anti-Catholic beliefs, specifically uh, uh, they adhere to a pro-abortion mentality. what is the latest on that? Will the bishops be conversating about this in their upcoming USCCB meeting? Uh, it, should like politicians like Biden and Nancy Pelosi and many others, should they be refused communion for their positions? What say you, Bishop Strickland? Well, I, I find it very frustrating, the whole topic, because my thought is to simply be the pastors, the shepherds that we're called to be, and to tell, I mean, Nancy Pelosi and Joseph Biden are just one man and woman of God. They're, yes, they have high positions in this nation, but, in, but for God, they're just some of his children. 
And it's our job to guide them in the truth and to to promote abortion the way this administration has and other things that are contrary to what the church teaches. It's just a contradiction. Uh, We call it communion for a reason. It's supposed to be a sign of our unity with the body of Christ and all the different ways that that is present with the blessing of the Son of God among us in the Eucharist, in in so many other ways. But so to be in communion, but to receive communion, but to not be in communion is just basic pastoral dissonance that each pastor, I think, needs to deal with. And to have a conversation about it or to have some sort of policy is really not, I believe, accomplishing what we need to do as individual bishops. But I believe it, the last I've seen, it is on the agenda to have this discussion. But um, to me, the, the issue is, this is a man of God. This is a woman of God. They're, they're living contrary. They're promoting contrary to what the church teaches, and they need to be corrected. And mm-hmm. if they refuse, then I don't think they should receive communion. It's mm-hmm. not, they're not in communion. <laughs> Amen. We are out of time. Bishop Joseph Strickland has uh, been our guest. We're grateful for your time, Your Excellency. May you give us your blessing, please? Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all listening and that they may be safe and guided in your truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Bishop. Uh, Thank you for your time. Have a great day. And uh, that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Uh, If you can join us in the next hour, we're going to have breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our Fear and Trembling Game Show, and prizes are involved. You can find us online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible says to call no man father, so why do we call our priests father? In Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Notice that this verse makes no distinction between spiritual fathers, which is what priests are, and biological fathers. This passage says that no man is to be called father. Therefore, you cannot distinguish between calling a priest father and calling the man who is married to your mother father. But is that actually what this passage is saying? Or is Jesus warning us against trying to usurp the fatherhood of God, which is what the Pharisees and scribes were doing? They wanted all attention focused on them. They were leaving God, the Father, out of the equation. And even if you just interpret this passage from Matthew 23 as an absolute ban against calling anyone your spiritual father, then there are some problems for you in the rest of Scripture. For example, Jesus in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16 has the rich man referring to Abraham as father several times. Paul in Romans 4 refers to Abraham as the father of the uncircumcised, the Gentiles. Spiritual fatherhood, not biological fatherhood. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 22, first Stephen and then Paul referred to the Jewish priests and elders as brothers and fathers. Spiritual fatherhood. 
So if you interpret Matthew 23 as saying we cannot call anyone our spiritual father, then you have to believe that Jesus, Paul, and Stephen all got it wrong. It is okay to call priests our spiritual fathers today. We are simply imitating the example given us by Jesus, Paul, and Stephen, all of whom who used the term in a spiritual sense. As long as we remember that our true father is God the Father and that all aspects of our fatherhood, biological and spiritual, are derived from him. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Thanks for being a part of our program. We're very excited to have you on for this hour. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Bishop Joseph Strickland from the Diocese in Tyler. We talked about the Synod of Synods, the Synod in Germany. We talked about uh, the traditional form of the Mass and whether or not it's going to be suppressed. We talked about uh, Eucharist uh, being uh, communion being given to pro-abortion uh, Catholic politicians. We talked about a variety of topics uh, and it was a great interview. We're going to be posting that conversation later today on our YouTube channel, our Gab channel, not Gab, uh, Rumble. Thank you. Rumble, Rumble, and then Facebook, and then, I don't know, Adrian, where else do you post that thing? I think you covered it. Did I? Did Facebook, I YouTube, and Rumble, uh, the three places. All right. Well, praise be to God. So make sure, do us a favor, and um, when those come out, Make sure to give them a watch very quickly. That helps the algorithmic love to help us spread the word about Catholic Drive Time. Share and likes. Comments, share, and likes are very powerful things. And, of course, if you're not subscribed, do subscribe. Hit the bell notification. That helps us out a lot. Where No matter what platform you're using to watch our content, um, making sure that you're plugged in and helping to spread the word makes you ambassadors for the program and helping us to grow the audience. And uh, we're grateful to you for that. Uh, Janelle, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. You ready to play the game? I'm so ready. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, coming up in this hour, breaking news and stories. And it's all good news, right, this hour? Yes, yes, it's all good news. All good news. All, all the bad news was last hour. This yes. hour, it's all fun stuff. And then, of course, uh, we're going to have Saint of the Day. And, and you know, you got to throw Adrian a bone or two now and again. Or so, like 40. <laughs> so today, we decided to throw 40 bones, all Dominican saints today, uh, blesseds today. And uh, we're going to be sharing that story with you in here in a few minutes. And then, of course, the gospel today and the gospel reflection generously underwritten by verboom.com forward slash CDT. That's, uh, forgive me, verboom.com forward slash G-R-N. 
So we're thankful to Veriboom for generously sponsoring a part of our program. And then we're going to play Fear and Trembling in this first half hour. And our sponsor for that, the, the prize we're going to give away on Friday this week is from ProudCatholicCompany.com. They're giving us a beautiful Our Lady of Guadalupe shirt to give out. And somebody will be the winner. All you got to do is be the first caller. And you don't even need to know the answers to win. It's that cool. So that's coming up in the first hour. And then in the second half of this hour is going to be our after show. And our after show is special because we conversate with you and you drive the conversation. Whatever's on your heart, your mind, and the conversations can go from silly and fun, laughing to serious. And it's pretty pretty special how it all happens. But we have a great time and uh, we answer some questions and we conversate with you. And, and then sometimes we just do fun things like look at talk about movies and television shows and pop culture. And other times we, we dive deep on some subjects. So it all depends, but you get to drive that. And you can do that by hanging out with us on one of our live video feeds in the second half of this hour, or just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, we're going to dive into prayer, praying for your needs. And because it's the month of the Sacred Heart, we are going to pray and ask uh, the most sacred heart of Jesus to enter, uh, to pray for, for whatever you need. We're going to ask him to uh, give you and provide for you your most uh, intimate needs. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, our friends, and our benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Pope Francis has released a video message on the beauty of marriage, so I'll definitely be watching that later today. In other news, Michigan High School valedictorian will be allowed to reference Jesus in a graduation speech. From the Daily Wire, DeSantis on NCAA threat to pull events from states that protect girls' sports. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis slammed the NCAA during a Fox News interview on Tuesday night that highlighted a bill that DeSantis signed earlier in the day that protected girls' sports in the state. Quote, you can't be cowed by these organizations or particularly by woke corporations from doing the right thing. And so my view was throughout this whole time, we have to protect our girls. It is discriminatory to force them to compete against biological males. And so if the price of having a tournament is that I have to deny equal opportunity to hundreds of thousands of young girl and women athletes throughout Florida, I am much more willing to stand with the girls and to hell with these events, end quote. The Epic Times reports that research suggests mild COVID-19 illness leaves behind lasting antibody protection. People who had mild COVID-19 have long-lasting antibody protection, according to a study by researchers from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Scientists found that individuals who have recovered from a mild case of COVID-19 have long-lived plasma cells in their bone marrow that secretes low levels of antibodies against the coronavirus for possibly a lifetime. Plasma cells are a type of white blood cells developed from B cells and originate from the bone marrow. They are responsible for producing and secreting antibodies to a specific antigen. 
The findings question the need for people who have recovered from COVID-19 to still get vaccinated. As the CDC told the Epic Times in February that people should be vaccinated whether or not they've had the disease. Multiple studies suggest that people who recovered from COVID-19 develop a group of immune cells known as T cells that play a significant role in maintaining lasting immunity against the virus, as these cells target and destroy virus-infected cells while also stimulating the production of antibodies. Breitbart reports on another pro-life victory. Abortions stop at Lubbock, Texas Planned Parenthood as Sanctuary City Ordinance takes effect. Planned Parenthood of Greater Texas said Tuesday it will stop performing abortions in its Lubbock clinic in the wake of an ordinance approved by voters that declared the city a sanctuary city for the unborn. The ordinance, which took effect Tuesday, June 1st, was approved by the citizens of Lubbock on May 1st and states abortion is now illegal within the city's limits. Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union of Texas filed a federal lawsuit against the city following the approval of the ordinance. The city of Lubbock, however, vowed to defend the ordinance in court. Lubbock became the largest city in the United States to declare itself a sanctuary city for the unborn, the 26th in the nation to outlaw abortion. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a wonderful Wednesday. The saint of the day is the are the martyrs of Sandomirs. The, the martyrs were a group of 49 Dominican friars, some of whom received their habit from St. Dominic de Guzman himself, the founder of the Dominican order. They worked separately and together to bring the faith and establish the Dominican order in Poland. They had their base of operations in and around Sandomirs. The day before their death, they read their own names in the Dominican martyrology. One of the brothers, in fear for his life, hid in the rafters when the Tartars came to kill them. When the other brothers began to sing the Salve, he came down to join his brothers unto their heavenly reward. In 1260, they were all martyred by the Tartars as they were singing the Salve Regina at Compline. The custom of singing the Salve Regina at the deathbed of Dominicans stems from this incident. They died in 1260 at Sandomir's Poland and were beatified on the 18th of October, 1807, by Pope Pius VII. Martyrs of Sandomirs, pray for us. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Adrian, for reading the saint of the day for us. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. Some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and put this question to him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, if someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman and died, leaving no descendants. So the second brother married her and died, leaving no descendants, and the third likewise. And the seven left no descendants. Last of all, the woman died. At the resurrection... When they arise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Are you not misled? Because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. As for the dead being raised, have you not read the book of Moses? 
In the passage about the bush, how God told him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are greatly misled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Gospel Reflection is brought to you generously by Verboom.com forward slash GRN, generously sponsoring our program today. Uh, now, Pseudo-Jerome is a source that dates back to the early church, and there's some great commentary here on this particular passage. And let me read you this one little thing. It says, but in a mystical sense, what can this woman, leaving no seed of seven brothers and last of all dying, mean except the Jewish synagogue deserted by the sevenfold spirit which fi which filled those seven patriarchs who did not leave to her the seed of Abraham? That is Jesus Christ. For although a son was born to them, nevertheless, he was given to us Gentiles. This woman was dead to Christ, nor shall she be joined in the resurrection to any patriarch of the seven, for by the number seven is meant the whole company of the faithful. Thus it is said, counterwise, by Isaiah, seven women shall take hold of one man. That is the seven churches which the Lord loves, reproves, and chastises, adore him with one faith, unquote. That is a powerful passage to meditate upon and to unpack. I love it. Isaiah 4, 1. Go read that. Look at that. See how it's almost like the photo negative to what's going on in this passage in Mark. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, for the, I'd like to focus on the, the one verse. I am not the God of the living, but of the, uh, or not, I am not God of the, the dead, but of the living. Uh, I think that's very important. That's a very pa a passage that we uh, tend to overlook, but this is essentially the argument for intercession of the saints. This is the whole, the, this is the whole deal right here of the resurrection of the body, of the intercession of the saints, of our devotion to the saints are, are packed right here. Why? Because whenever our Lord and our Lord explains this to the, to the Pharisees and Sadducees, the burning bush, whenever Moses ran into the burning bush, he said, I am God of the, of uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of your father. I am not, I was the God of them. Why? Why am and not was? Because he still is the God of Abraham. Because God of Abraham, Abraham was still living, not on earth, but in the bosom of Abraham and the bosom of the fathers and the limbo of the fathers. He was still alive because our Lord is not God of the dead, but of the living. And so when people say, oh, you know, the saints, they can't hear your prayers. Well, they're alive, are they not? They're still our friends. They're still our family in heaven. So why should we not pray to them? Why should we not speak to our friends and family in heaven? Because they are still alive in Christ. They are not dead. Only The only death, the only real death is damnation in hell. And whenever our Lord speaks of death, he was always referring to hell because that is what true death is. Whereas whenever our Lord says, I am the God of the living, not only is he saying a, a statement of his name, Yahweh, I am who am, uh, that the very, that he is being itself, that all things are in so far as they are in relation to God. That's so important. That's so, so important. And God, uh, has revealed this to us and has destroyed the heresies 
and destroyed the heresies against the saints, against the intercession of the saints, against the devotion of the saints, and the resurrection of the body, because our Lord is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for our verboom.com forward slash GRN gospel reflection today. Uh, check them out. Uh, it's verboom.com uh, forward slash GRN. I posted their link and logo on our website, by the way. So you can find it there as well. But we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. And we're going to play Fear and Trembling, our Catholic trivia game show, where you don't even need to know the answers to the questions to get it right and to win. It's that easy. And prizes are being given out. So call right now. Phone lines are open. Call right now, 877-757-9424. It's going to be fun. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time in Fear and Trembling. And the phone lines are open, waiting for our first caller to call in at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424 is the phone number to call to be the contestant on the show today. That's 877-757-9424. Don't even need to know the answers. That's how easy the game is. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, today is all 
Call Easy Question Wednesday at 877-757-9424. So here's how the game is played. We have a, a secret and hidden agenda, so to speak. And so please do me a favor and do not share this information with anybody. Just keep it between us. But we like to do a few things during the game show. We like to, one, Teach the faith. So we like to, you know, use questions as teachable moments, and you always tend to learn something you didn't know before. And then we like to have a laugh in the process, and our callers tend to be, a, you know, fun, and, and they like to play along with us, and we have a good laugh, and that's always fun. And then, of course, we give out prizes. And this week, we are uh, generously giving out a prize, and um, I'll tell you about that in one moment. But so that's kind of our agenda. So we laugh, we learn, we give out prizes. It's a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kick. If you're just joining us, and by the way, the phone lines are available at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. So we have three questions. These are Catholic trivia questions. They're official. I'm showing the, the camera, the, the questions here. And uh, we don't ask the caller the questions. So you don't even need to know the answers to these to win and to get the prize. You don't. All you have to do is uh, try to make a guess. You get a 50-50 shot every time. So here's the deal. I will ask Janelle and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong and then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or, or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Now, the prize this week is generously underwritten by ProudCatholicCompany.com. ProudCatholicCompany.com is our generous prize sponsor. So they have given us an Our Lady of Guadalupe shirt to give out, and we'll be we will be uh, giving that out on Friday. We'll pull the name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence and announce that live over the air. And we'll connect them to the sponsor, and then they will send them the prize directly. So that is how the game is played. By the way, before we jump into it, we do have a caller uh, now. Uh, we're waiting for Janelle to get back. Uh, I wanted to mention last week's winner. I think her name was Betty, right, Adrian? Was it Betty? Or who, who was last week's winner? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I have to go back and check. We're going to have to check, but I know last week's winner, we announced it, and uh, we we need to get them to call us back so we can make that connection uh, to last week's winner. But uh, this week, Proud Catholic Company, well, again, we will announce the winner on Friday, and uh, it's going to be great. So that is how the game is played. We are simply waiting for Janelle to get Bridget. back. Uh, Bridget. Bridget. Bridget, if you're listening, you won last week. Call us back so that we can connect you to your prize and make sure that you get what uh, what we said we were going to give you. Praise be to God. So, all right, proudcatholiccompany.com. Thank you for that. So, again, we're just waiting now for Janelle to get back to her uh, back to her mic so that we can play the game. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm looking at the questions, and it looks to me like they are all easy answers on Wednesday. Uh, these are pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be uh, pretty pretty decent here for our caller. Just need uh, Janelle to come back. So that is how uh, things are going to go down. Now, praise be to God, we kind of waffle a little bit on the show, to be honest with you, all truth in advertising. Some days the questions are tricky, and some days the questions are fairly easy. Um, but you know what? You always get a 50-50 shot, and I think if you listen carefully, you can, you can pattern Adrian and Janelle, and you can figure out you know, if they're being serious or not. So you get a pretty good shot. I don't know, Adrian, do you feel like oh, sometimes we're not fair? 
I don't know. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty easy to uh, get a lot of them. Uh, every now and then we'll throw a few curveballs, but I think most of them. And then always, it's always a 50-50 chance. So I think uh, everybody has a pretty good chance of winning. All right. All right. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Monica, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for calling in. You calling in from Houston? I am. Amen. Where do you go to church, Monica? Uh, St. Francis Cabrini. Now, you have someone there with you? I do. Say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What is your name? Vivian. Vivian. Well, Vivian, thank you for playing our game today. Uh, We're going to have a great time. Now, I'm pretty sure these are all easy questions, but let's dive right into it. Are you guys ready to go? Do you know how the game is played? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go, Vivian. Here we go, Monica. We're going to start with Janelle first. Janelle, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. All right. Janelle, can you tell me, what are the three voluntary evangelical councils? The three voluntary evangelical councils. I'm going to go with holiness, godliness, and cleanliness. 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 Mm, okay, holiness, godliness, and cleanliness. That's your answer. Yes, sir. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what are the three voluntary evangelical councils? That would be poverty, chastity, and obedience. Um, you didn't mention cleanliness. No. Why not? Okay. I right. didn't mention So, all right. Adrian is on the hook for poverty, chastity, and obedience. And Janelle said, what'd you say? I said holiness, holiness godliness, godliness, and cleanliness. And cleanliness. Yes, sir. All right. So poverty, chastity, and obedience. That's Adrian. And holiness, godliness, and cleanliness is Janelle. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Monica and Vivian, what say you? Just pick one. Adrian or Janelle? Hmm. Adrian. Survey says, well done. There we go. Well, I, that, that has to be the hardest question today. And you nailed it. Praise be to God. Congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Vivian, you might even win a prize this week. How exciting is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, how old are you, Vivian? Four. Four? Wow. You're super smart for four. Praise be to God. All right, we're going to go to Adrian for this next question. Adrian, this should be an easy one. Can you tell me, to whom was Christ speaking when he said, upon this rock I will build my church? Whom did he say that to? Yes, he was speaking to the uh, the architect of St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, okay, do you, do you have a name? He was, he, was, uh, telling, he was telling the architect, he was said, uh, we just—they just, they just uh, refer to him as the architect. Okay. And he, uh, uh-huh. they, our Lord mm-hmm. told him, this mm-hmm. rock right here is the one you're going to use as a foundation stone mm-hmm. uh, of of the church. Of the church. Uh huh. So your answer is the architect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me to whom was Christ speaking when he said, "Upon this rock I will build my church"? I'm pretty sure that it's Peter. You're, because his in you're the, reasonably um, sure. Yes, I'm very sure. Petras in Petros. Greek okay, meaning so, rock. Like uh, fairly sure. Yes. Okay. Very mm-hmm. sure. So Janelle's on the hook for Peter, and Adrian is on the hook for the architect. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? 
uh, Monica and Vivian, what say you? Canal. Survey says... Well done. Well done. Wow. You, you nailed that. That was that was pretty easy. That was pretty straightforward, I would say. I mean, uh, how could anybody choose the art? It's like the, pr- the, the artist <laughs> formerly known as Prince. Is that, what were you going for there, Adrian? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I was just... I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> well done, Vivian. You got it. Peter, in fact, was the guy that uh, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise be to God. That comes from Matthew chapter 16. Well done. You're in the cup twice. Let's see if we can get a third time in there. We're going to go back to Janelle this time. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Can you tell me, this is an easy one, who is the patron saint of France? The patron saint of France. That would be Saint Jacques Cousteau. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little, I got a little bit of, uh, you know, mucus or something in my throat. So it's just something. <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me. I'm sorry, you said, uh, did you say Saint yes, Jacques Saint Cousteau? Yes, Saint Jacques Cousteau. Is that how you say Jacques? <laughs> I guess it's Jacques well, Cousteau. Well, I'm not good at French, but... <laughs> Is that the massage you have right there? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who is the patron saint of France? Okay. Um, that would be one of my uh, new favorite saints. Mm-hmm. Saint Jean of Arc. <laughs> or Joan of Arc. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what? No. You need a water or a break? Or I, like, my, I've been working my French. It's getting better. I, I think people who speak French are now shaking their heads at us in disgust. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for St. Joan of Arc. And Janelle is on the hook for, air quotes, St. Jacques Cousteau. 15 seconds on the clock. Monica and Vivian, what say you? Adrian. Survey says, well done. Yay. You did it. Praise be to God, Vivian and Monica. Congratulations three times in the coffee cup of Divine Providence. Thanks for playing the game with us. That music means we got to say goodbye, but I'm going to put the two of you on hold so we can get your phone number in case you are the winner. But uh, God love you both and have a great day. That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the after show, we would love to conversate with you about whatever you want to conversate about. You can do that at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome to the After Show, where we conversate a little bit more casually about uh, whatever it is that's on your mind, the show or the topics. Praise be to God. Boy, we, we, we almost didn't get through that. I mean, <laughs> that game show is like, by the skin of our teeth, it was so uh, it was so tight on the schedule. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, like the phones didn't start ringing until kind of late in the game. So, and then uh, Janelle was like, I thought Janelle was never going to get up and walk back. 
And I'm like, how are we going to play the game if Janelle's not sitting there? <laughs> Sorry um, for the wait. That's all right. No, I was talking about how when the game started, it was like... It felt like it was taking forever to get you to get it you was, to come back. I got two calls. Uh, one of them was from a nice gentleman who was warning me about the trolls on the YouTube side, and then um, the second one was the actual contestant. Yeah. Well, Adrian's going to monitor the the, the, the so uh, many trolls. The, the, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like they. I guess there's a club or something. They all get together and like, let's attack this channel. Yeah. yeah I don't know how they uh, organize, but it's well, really annoying. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what blocking is for, right? Yeah, <laughs> just block them. So at any rate, uh, so there's a lot of troll activity going on, on on YouTube right now, which means the YouTube chat is pretty pretty much uh, not helpful. So you get if you want to hang out with us on uh, on Facebook, that's possible too. Praise be to God. Um, there was some cool comments earlier in the show. We can mention those. Um, before we do that, though, let me just do this. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Don says the Facebook video is not on. Yeah, it is. That was a long time ago. Yeah, oh, okay. that was a while back. <laughs> uh, somebody named Knight Hunter said Hassan Piker and M-I-Z-K-I-F from Twitch are on a satanic campaign against Christian YouTubers. They sent uh, trolls from Discord. Got Ooh, it. Ooh, makes sense. Got it. Well, that's what blocking is for. So we're just going to block. It's kind of That's how it. you know we're doing something good. We're getting some opposition uh, yeah. to it. <laughs> um, let's see here. Let's go backwards here. I'm going back in time. So, Lori, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Patty, thanks for hanging out with us today. Gloria, good morning. Good morning. Let's see. We have Nicola. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Joaquin, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Of course, Lori and Don and, and uh, Maureen, Josh, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out. Buddy, good morning. Jesus Robles, our friend of the show. Good morning to you. He's put up a couple of like massive comments. We got to read some of those. Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, of course, uh, let's go back. Susan and Tammy and Mike K and Christopher Velasquez. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Mary Barone, good morning to you. Um, unfortunately, uh, what's his name? Uh, Adrian's going to be pretty busy today. Just blocking all these trolls because they got nothing better to do. They act like uh, because they attack uh, channels, that's going to, you know, just I, we could simply sit here and ignore you and be just fine. So there you go. Plus, we're, plus there'll be blocking going on. But at any rate, we'll continue our conversation. Let me read a couple of these uh, comments from Jesus Robles. Jesus Robles says, I think people may believe that you are a little older. Now, this is, so this is in reference to... The video we put out about Adrian Fonseca, uh, the real Adrian Fonseca, the secret and hidden Adrian Fonseca you probably never knew about. Only Adrian tried not to share some critical information, but we, we, we pulled it out of him anyway. And one of them was his age. And he's, so Adrian is, or Jesus is responding, I think people may believe that you are a little older because the Lord has blessed you with wisdom. The stuff you share is not common for 23-year-olds. You may be 23 for your age, but in knowledge of the faith, you are 50. May this wisdom, good grief, Jesus. I mean, you're laying it on thick. I know he pays you to say these things, but wow. I mean, you're going, to, you're going for the bonus, the Christmas bonus, and it's only June. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting broke now. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he says, may this wisdom that the Lord has inspired you in you serve to enrich the church through your contributions and your spiritual example. May this wisdom rooted in the great Saint Aquinas, father and brother Dominic, continue to inspire the listeners and challenge us 
that uh, may be heard, uh, may be hard-headed. Some of us that may be hard-headed, like, what? Did, what? Did you say some Franciscans, Jesus? What? Right, he meant to say most. Uh, what? Are you out your mind? Just kidding. Just kidding, he says. May the wisdom of Aquinas be poured out with zeal sprinkled with Franciscan spirit sprinkled with... <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. We don't want it's too like much. It's like a Franciscan salt bay or something. I don't even what's going on with that. But, We're trying uh, to avoid having too much... Uh, humbleness. Humbleness and charity. Pax et bonum, he says. Wow. that you, Did you stay up all night writing that? I mean, like, you really put some... You put your back into that one, Jesus. Um, he goes on to say, wow, the saint of the day gave me chills. It was amazing. I will include the Salve Regina in all funerals. Amazing. Simply amazing. I love you guys. You are all, you are, you all are my morning show, though. I must admit, I feel very selfish. I feel like you guys get up to simply take, uh, to talk to me and to feed my hunger for the Lord. All of us listening must, uh, must, 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 must support our Catholic radio station. From your lips to God's ears, Jesus. Praise be to God. We're glad to do it. We are glad to do it. Uh, Lucia says, really enjoyed listening to the interview with Bishop Strickland. Yeah. Yeah, amen. It was a great interview, wasn't it? Uh, good morning, B- Mr. Buddy Kane. Now, that's what I love about uh, Bishop Strickland, actually, is he doesn't, you know, like when we when I book Bishop Strickland, he doesn't ask me, well, you know, what are the questions you want to ask? He never like, it doesn't matter. Like, he'll take whatever question you can throw at him. Now, he may not give you the answer you want, or he may, or he may give you sort of a, a, a light answer or something like that. He may do that, but, but he doesn't quality. He doesn't like, there's a lot of bishops that I've talked to that you have to submit in writing every question you want to ask first. And you can't deviate from the approved questions, those kinds of things, because they're, they want to play it very safe. And but that's not Bishop Strickland. And uh, similarly, last week when we talked to um, uh, Pizabala, Bishop Pizabala out of Jerusalem, he was the same way. I was, I was very amazed by that. Um, he didn't ask us what questions we were going to ask. He, we, we could throw anything at him, and he gave us a, a sincere answer, and I was very grateful for him. So praise be to God. So Bishop Strickland is a he's a he's a very good bishop, very personable bishop. He is somebody you can walk up to and talk to, and he won't be afraid to talk to you. And I really enjoy that about him. Um, now one of the questions that came up uh, from Mike K over on YouTube side is um, was about the TLM, which we tried to get. We did get that in, but we didn't get to have the full conversation about it, unfortunately. So. Um, Basically, one of the things was in looking at if, if in fact, the rumors are true, and at this stage of the affair, we don't have anything more than just rumors, but if they are, in fact, true, and the Samoran Pontificum is revised to remove permission, because basically, as Bishop Strickland said, every priest in the world has permission to say the extraordinary form of the Mass when and where they want to, or at least their private Masses, if I'm not mistaken. Um. If that gets removed and it goes back to the bishop, then likely what we'll see is those bishops who are not in favor of the TLM, of the extraordinary form of the mass, will simply uh, suppress it in their diocese, and those bishops that aren't won't. Um, the I, the question becomes: Okay, what about like say the fraternity of of Saint Peter, the FSSP, wherever they are? 
Will it continue? Likely, yes, unless the bishop decides that he no longer wants them in his diocese, which is a possibility, which could have been a possibility before anyway. So that hasn't really changed, but uh, it's likely that will continue on. Uh, it just affects diocesan priests who are able to say the TLM. And just the other night, Friday night, my family and I went to a parish here locally uh, to uh, to attend the first ever TLM or the first ever extraordinary form of the mass at a parish at that particular parish. And it's interesting for us because uh, that we have a special connection to that parish in some ways. Before we ever moved to the city, we were living up in New, in New Hampshire at the time, and we were visiting here. Uh, we attended the very first mass ever said in that sanctuary um, because it happened to be the closest to one where we were staying. And so that was kind of special. And then now we went to the very first TLM ma- mass ever said at that very same parish. So I felt like that was a very special connection. It was a very beautiful and holy mass. And the priest, it was a Dossison priest uh, who is enjoying the benefits of the Samoran Pontificum. Um, he said a very beautiful homily, basically explaining uh, the traditional form of the mass and why uh, and what sort of some of the symbology means during the mass during the liturgy it was very nice to those that might not have experienced it before. And as I said to Bishop Strickland, you know, my family and I have grown to love the tradition for, traditional form of the mass. It's been a bit of a journey. Uh, I didn't we didn't start out this way uh, when I became Catholic. In 1999, I surely wasn't destined. I wasn't looking for the traditional form of much of anything, really. I was, I was a hedon. I was a, a, a pagan, hedonistic kind of a person, and I became Catholic in order just just to get married. So when we were uh, attending mass after my mystical encounter with Jesus in April of 2002, well. You know, I didn't. Ha- I didn't even know the slightest differences between the mass. I didn't even know there was an extraordinary form versus, uh, you know, the Novus Ordo. I had no idea of these things. I, I, I just, my mind was not at all uh, wrapped up in that uh, conversation. <clears throat> I was, however, having tremendous uh, conversations about the, the defense of the Catholic faith from a scriptural standpoint, and then, of course, I dived into the early Church Fathers. Um, and then now, as I grow older, that love for liturgy grows in my heart. And so we began to attend a parish locally that uh, says the Nova Sordo or the New Mass, but says it in Latin and ad orientum, meaning the priest is, priest is with the people all facing liturgical east. So facing Christ facing Christ. And so that's what uh, ad orientum means. It's not the priest turning his back on you. It's that the priest and the people all facing in the same direction towards the Lord. And uh, that was a Novus Ordo Mass, but it was said in Latin and said ad orientum, and it felt very traditional, beautiful. And we began, and when I first attended it, I struggled with it. I didn't really I was having trouble with the lots, and but then over time, it just kind of grows on you, and you begin to love it, especially as you begin to learn the bat, the mass parts in Latin, and you can say them. I think that was the big, big difference too. And then, of course, pandemic hits, and um, we begin attending a TLM, and boy. It just, and then I got the missile, and golly gee whiz, once I figured out how to use that missile, and when I first got the missile, I was super frustrated. I felt like this is like the old farmer's almanac for crying out loud. You got to like, what's the barometric pressure? That turned to page 787, you know? It was just, 
it was just frustrating. And then I had my priest friend sit me down and like explain to me how the missile works. And, and we pull out the ribbons and we marked all the sections. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this starts to make sense now. And now I feel very connected to the Holy Mass when I'm praying that Mass. I'm praying those prayers. Um, um, I feel like there's a real connection between uh, the faithful and the priest who's standing in persona Christe and is offering up this divine sacrifice, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ on behalf of our sins. It is, I feel very connected, more so than I ever had before in my life. I thought it was special. So the question becomes is if the Samoran Pontificum is in fact uh, altered, then what does that mean for the lay faithful who have been growing, like myself, who have been growing in love uh, for this traditional form of piety? Will there still be opportunity? And I think as Mike K pointed out, in some cases, no. In some cases, that won't be the case. Uh, they will simply um, you know, ha- lose their opportunities, which means then – Will they be pushed into the society uh, of St. Pius X, SSPX? Now, this is also another interesting area, one that we ought to cover, because I myself have had a lot of misconceptions about SSPX, and there's still a lot I don't know about SSPX. The only time I've ever attended a Mass for SSPX was a funeral many years ago, Uh, It was probably my first experience of a traditional Mass. Uh, It was a funeral Mass for a friend who lost their child. Um, Now, we'll have to have, at some point, we'll have to get a guest on, an expert guest on, to tell us about what are are the canonical challenges. Because a lot of people think that the the SSPX is schismatic, and that's, well, that's not true. Um, How can we say that? Well, because... Bishop Fillet has an office at the Vatican because they recognize Pope, uh, Pope Francis as the Supreme Pontiff. And because they have an actual relationship with the Holy See, it's just not regular. <clears throat> they have faculties to hear confessions, for instance. They can, you can attend, uh, you, uh, they have uh, faculties to say ma- wedding masses and funeral masses. Um, you could, uh, from, my, from, I, from what I understand, and I, I will have to say I am not the person to truly answer these questions, but uh, from what I understand, you can certainly attend uh, a mass, an SSPX max, a mass, so long as your intention, your personal intention, and God knows your intentions, so long as your personal intention is not to be a schismatic. So there is an irregular canonical relationship with the Holy See, but there is one nonetheless. and one. So it would be nice to see that get resolved. Uh, but I fear that if the rumors are true, and the Samoran Pontificum does get result, uh, re- revised, and permissions are uh, pulled back and given back to the bishop, and he gets to decide that many of the faithful will simply go down and attend uh, at the SSBX chapel rather than right in their own diocese. And I feel like that could cause more division. Uh, and okay. if, if we could, uh, hold on, if we could, if we could resolve those canonical differences, then that no longer is an issue at all. So I just uh, are you uh, manning the uh, the uh, the 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 crazy people on? I just YouTube? disabled the chat. Oh, okay. I was getting tired. So. <laughs> you were tired of getting caught up in it. So I just uh, I just disabled the chat for today. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, might may leave it disabled. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of things that need to be resolved, but. Um, yeah, I, I really hope they don't 
ban the Latin Mass because that would be incredibly scandalous to the faithful and to um, well, I don't think there's a talk of banning. I think there's if they revise the Samoran Pontificum. Well, it depends because Samoran. So, for instance, if you re- change Samoran Pontificum, because Samoran Pontificum basically says that every priest has the right to say the Latin Mass, the traditional Mass, and uh, but if that's uh, revoked. Then that means, uh, and then okay. So here's the here's the debate. The debate among a lot of people is: Are they going to simply are they going to revoke Samaran Pontificum? Are they going to edit Samaran Pontificum? What's yeah. going to happen? Well, with we don't it? know. And if if it's because uh, in Samaran Pontificum, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth lays out the the reasons why the Latin Mass was never abrogated, and what does that mean? So uh, after Vatican II. Uh, the Archbishop Lefebvre and many others argued that the Latin Mass was never abrogated. He said, uh, the Mass that I said yesterday, how could it be evil today for me to say the Mass that was, uh, that was perfectly fine on the day of my ordination? And, uh, then everybody was saying, no, the Mass is abrogated. The Pope has gotten rid of the, the Latin Mass, the traditional Mass, and we have to do the new Mass. Um, well, the arguments that they were making were like, well, there was never officially abrogated, so you always have the right to do so. And everybody said, no, it was. Well, Benedict XVI in Samoan Pontificum confirmed and said, no, it was never abrogated for these reasons, X, Y, and Z. And so the argument a lot of people are making are, well, Pope Benedict just laid out what you need to do to actually abrogate the Latin Mass. And so the concern is that they that it could happen that they officially abrogate the Latin Mass. Uh, many traditionalists will say, no, that's impossible. You can never actually completely abrogate the Latin Mass. And people will quote Qual Primum uh, from Pope Pius V, uh, but that's a debatable topic on whether or not Qual Primum is binding on other popes. Most will say, no, it's not uh, binding on other popes. That They can uh, fundamentally change the Mass um, on everything except for the canon, uh, not, no, even the canon. Obviously, we have like 12 canons in the new mass, but the words of consecration are the only things that have to stay the same. Everything else can be changed. And so, um, that's a concern because if it's actually is officially abrogated, uh, following all the rules that Benedict XVI laid out, well, uh, I don't, I don't know what, what, what the right thing to do would be. That would be a very concerning situation. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll have to wait and see. The answer is we don't know. Now, uh, I, uh, Jonah asks us for to pray for his grandma. So we are going to do that, Jonah. We're going to pray for your grandmother. Uh, I don't know what your grandmother's needs are, but the Lord knows, and her guardian angel knows, and you know. So we're going to include those intentions in our prayers right now. We're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for whatever her needs are right now, uh, because she crushes the head of Satan. Praise be to God. The little worm dies, and he cannot win. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise be to God, Jonah. We entrust your grandmother into the care of the Queen of Heaven and Earth. Praise be to God. Um, 
What else? Uh, but 10 minutes till the top of the hour, boy. Maureen uh, said, it's still not there with the Latin Mass. I need to work harder. Uh, no, you don't need to work harder to love the Latin Mass. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't stress it's not, over it. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a work of God. I mean, it is a work of God. It's not a work of human hands that um, make you will make you fall in love with the Latin Mass. I would say just surrender yourself to the, uh, to the bosom of the church and uh, just let the, the the beauty of the Mass overcome you. And if you ever get the chance, I highly recommend going to a solemn high Mass. It's very hard to not fall in love with the Latin Mass when you go to a solemn high Mass. I was, uh, when I was at, especially in a beautiful church, I was at St. Patrick's in New Orleans, and they had a solemn high Mass, and it was just stunning. It was just so beautiful. And there were so many people there because it was a Mass of a newly ordained priest. It was his first solemn high Mass. And so he had tons of friends and family there who have never attended the Latin Mass, many people there that were not Catholic, and uh, it was so beautiful. And I was talking to some people afterwards, and it was, it was just so stunning to see how much, um, how effective it was on people. Not effective as in produce, producing some kind of, um, of work, but just like how it affected them. They made, they made them uh, emotional, it, it, changed, it moved their hearts. And um, my friend Josh, we have a um, Facebook page on uh, for Houston called Traditional Catholics in Houston to talk about like different Latin masses going on in the Houston area. And he was like, so how do I uh, convince, help people move along to love the Latin mass? And uh, I was simply said, I was like, well, it's not just Latin mass. Um, if you're just trying to go for the mass, it's not enough. You, you should introduce the people to the parishioners there, meet father. Uh, see what's going on. You have to get a holistic view because uh, the, the traditional uh, being a becoming traditionally Catholic and diving deep into the tradition, traditions of the church. It's much more than just attending the Latin mass. It's so much more. If you uh, meet people and love the people that you meet there, um, it, it really changes everything because it's a, it's a whole community that you uh, meet and you join and you're part of a, a family that all loves the faith more than anything that wants heaven above everything. Um, death rather than sin and that whole mentality it, that's what really moves you to uh towards a lot of mass it's it's the holistic yeah. view amen well praise be to god uh we have about uh, i don't know seven minutes or so in our left in our conversation we had to disable the comments over <laughs> that's funny chucker tarlson <laughs> that's that's cute uh, we had to disable the comments over on youtube because uh, a bunch of people were trying to uh you know spam us and and uh, troll us and and do some crazy stuff uh the funny here's the kicker about that's it's hilarious uh, we can one block you number two we can stop the comments number three every comment you left helps the algorithm love us more so thanks for that we appreciate your help to uh to help promote our channel by uh, commenting so often and uh, <laughs> and helping the, the algorithm to say, oh, we should help promote this thing. This is great. So thanks for that. We appreciate that. Um, but so we had to turn that off, which meant that a lot of our regular commenters got kind of caught up in that and it's hard to kind of see everything they said. Uh, I know uh, there was a couple of comments that came through from our, our, our normal everyday Catholic Drive Time fans. And so if we missed you, I'm sorry. It says, uh, Tammy did say, can I stir the pot a little bit by bringing up a question from yesterday? As much as I love the horns, I feel the third time commenter should be Jesus, Jesus is my friend. Is friend. What? Tammy! Tammy. Amen. Amen, Tammy. God bless you. Tammy. So beautiful. It's such an excellent song, too. Come on, Tammy. It's like the best song in the whole world. 
You don't have to play the whole song, by the way. I have to. It's, it's like, necessary. It's just the 10 hour version of what, like, what are we doing here? Oh, that song. I'm thinking about starting a podcast. No. And it's mm. just me Mm-mm. listening to nope. uh, Jesus, a friend of mine, Mm-mm. for like Mm-mm. the whole day. No. Mm-mm. I, I just like so. uh, do one of those uh, marathon streams where you're just live streaming, uh, doing some weird thing. And uh, I'll just listen to Jesus, a friend of mine, for hours. For hours. And hours. And hours. And hours. Yeah. Now, tomorrow, we're going to have Trish Short on and uh, for uh, Corpus Christi, the Feast of Corpus Christi. And she has a brand new song out, and we're going to actually play the song live over the air. So praise be to God for that. It'll be a fun conversation. It'll be way less intense than we typically have during our guest segment in the first hour. So tomorrow's show, we'll cover the news, of course, and we'll do a What's Concerning Us, and we'll have... We'll have conversation around the difficult topics of our day, so we won't stop that process. However, the guest segment should be fun and very light and very easy tomorrow. Trish Short's going to be our guest, and she has a song out on Corpus Christi. So that's coming up tomorrow. Um, But otherwise, we still have some great opportunities coming up uh, on Friday and then all next week. And Janelle, uh, who is uh, new to our team, uh, part of her job uh, is going to be to work with Adrian to uh, book guests on the show. So uh, who are we going to get? We're going to get like Pope Francis on or what's the deal? Ooh, who knows? Who knows? I'll be praying a lot. I hopefully. bet if you asked, you'd say yes. Maybe. Wait, I don't know. Adrian, would you want to talk to Pope Francis? Oh, yes. Yeah. I have uh, one or two questions. One or two? Just just one or two. Is it, is it one or yeah. two? Uh, what would it just be about? Just a couple questions. Lodato C. Morris Tizia. What would you ask? Um... You could ask one question to his holiness. What would it be? Where'd you get those shoes? What? He doesn't no. wear the red oh, shoes. Oh, he doesn't wear it? Oh, no. this is disappointing. Uh, what happened to the shoes? Be Benedict's got them. Benedict's got them. Benedict's got them, along with the ring, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I probably would ask if, um, man, that's a hard, if I only had one, one question. question. One question. Um, hmm. Mm. Will you... Uh, Oh, no, I don't want to ask that question. Can you canonize Fulton Sheen? No, no, no. no. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about canonizing Fulton Sheen. That's what we're talking about. I would, I'd be down for canonizing Fulton Sheen, but I don't think that would be my one question. No, no, because that's not going to get me anywhere. It's, no, it's not going to convince him one way or the other. No, I would. Uh, and that's why I was, I was trying to think because I'm like most of the questions, I could kind of already know the answer. Uh, mm. Hmm. What well, you had. One question to ask the Pope. What would it be? What was St. Therese of Lisieux's one question? What was it? Can I get into the convent, Your Holiness? Oh, Mm. I'll do that. And they dragged her out of there because she wasn't supposed to ask anything. And she took her moment, her opportunity to uh, to, to beg the Holy Father. She's not going to throw away her shot. Yeah. What is the what is the position? Buddy says he would ask, "What is the position of homosexuality on the church?" Well, we know what that is. The problem is, how many people are going to enforce the the position of the church? That's the real question. Oh, I'd ask him, "What is the official status of the SSPX?" Really? That's that what that would ask. be your one question. Yeah, because that's a question he can give me a direct answer to that mm-hmm. I don't already know kind of his opinions on things. I see. And uh, it's something that I'm not going to try to convince him of anything because I, I don't think any questions I ask are going to convince him of anything. Yeah. So I think that would be a good question that he could directly answer. Um, that's, that, I think that's what probably what I would ask. And Janelle, if you had one question, what would it be? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> one question. One question. Mm. Ooh. I, I guess it'd be like, can I hang out with you? Or is that <laughs> <I hang out laughs> with you? seriously? Oh my god! That'd goodness. be like, you know, like, like 
If, I, if the, like, there was a pope, I'd stick by his side like 24-7. Can I sit on the throne? Different kind of, <laughs> no. Can, can you have the throne brought down at St. John Lateran? I want to have a seat on it just for a, just for a moment. If, you're, if you're, I just, sit just in his throne and speak, does that become an ex-cathedra <clears throat> statement? No. Um, no. It's out of the mm-hmm. chair. Sorry. Eh. Hmm. On, I'm going to have to test this. I don't know. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. I might have to try this How out. How much are tickets to Rome? Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Lori feels like uh, Jesus is a friend of mine ought to be deleted, I think. Oh, wait, hold on. That's not what he said. That's, it, don't it, think that's what it's a loose there. paraphrase. It's a, a, mm. a dynamic, loose, active, dynamic paraphrase of what she said. She seems to be indicating, if, I, if my Greek is correct, okay, and it's been a while since I've studied Greek, but if my Greek is correct, Lori is saying Jesus is a friend of mine should be deleted from the buttons. I that's not how I read it. Do you know? Well, is your Greek different than my Greek? Uh, I don't know Greek, but I know English. And she said Jesus is a friend of mine should be on loop for Adrian. She, what what is that like the that's King James version or like what? <laughs> like come, come on, hey, man. Sorry. I read the original English. The original English mine's like the Septuagint. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. <sighs> All right. Maybe we should pray for the trolls. Yes, we ought to pray for the trolls in and outside the church, too. Uh, that They will either scare them away or encourage them. May Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, b- uh, blind them so that they know not, uh, they, so they cannot see us or cannot harm us, and that they are cast out. Amen. Well, that's going to do it for the show today. Praise be to God, we survived it. I feel like taking a nap now for whatever reason. But uh, we're going to be back here tomorrow morning. We're going to have a nice, fun, easy show tomorrow. We'll be covering the headlines, but Trish Short will be our guest. We're going to have uh, we're going to play her her song about Corpus Christi and the feast of Corpus Christi. Praise be to God. Thanks for joining us today. Share us with a friend. We'd be grateful to you. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. We are certainly praying for you and for all. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining.